and welcome to In the Days of Noor with me, Noor, where we talk about Islamic-related topics and social issues. So today I'm going to be talking about the femininity backlash, and particularly from the perspective or the vantage point of this conversation taking place in the Black community and the ways in which Black women have now been the victims of backlash because of these conversations and interest in femininity. So I'll kind of start out, and I can only use my own perspective, you know, um, at least in this situation. I'll, I'll start out by saying that when the femininity movement began, it was really positive and it was all about Black women trying to reclaim something that had not really been a privilege for them, for Black women. So being able to be soft, being able to rely on others, being able to be um, even outwardly feminine, being able to be comfortable in one's femininity, to develop that aspect of oneself is something that a lot of Black women have not had the privilege of engaging in because femininity usually means, and I would, I would really say part of the heart of femininity, especially being able to outwardly express it, is that you're in an environment where you are protected and secure. And thus you can be soft and be open and be friendly because your environment allows for that. And so a lot of Black women, having not grown up in that environment, did not take on those characteristics. And so I think it was really positive when the femininity movement began and Black women were encouraging each other to experiment with being softer, with being more open, with being more friendly, and that perhaps in different environments, it was actually okay and appropriate to be feminine and that femininity could be useful and valuable and that we were worth we were worth engaging in um, femininity that we should not allow others to stop us from engaging in it. And so it was a really positive conversation happening amongst black women. I think what has happened of late is that femininity has become a weapon that black women use against each other and that black men use against black women. And it's also become a weapon that by which black women victimize themselves um, for better and worse. A lot of black women, if not most, if not all in American society know how to get rough, get a bad attitude, fight back, protect themselves when necessary. It doesn't mean that suddenly we have some kind of masculine strength when we um, need to pull it out and all of a sudden we can fight a man or something. But it does mean that there is unfortunately a, or I'll say for better or worse, a level of... Um, Again, we can't we can't be men, but there's a level of being able to tap into a certain kind of aggression, I'll say, if necessary, because so many black women, if not all, 
have been raised in an environment, a society that did not allow them the privilege of femininity. And so um, you kind of know how to go to that place if you absolutely have to. Um, and I think that that is, a, that is a good thing because unfortunately, we still live in a society where you probably will have to go there, where you have probably as a black woman, there will be some incident in your life where you're going to have to pull on that masculine energy to protect yourself. And it's unfortunate, it would be wonderful if the world wasn't like that, but it just is. Nevertheless, I think because of this femininity movement and black women now trying to uphold themselves to that standard, I'm actually seeing black women allowing themselves to be victims, to not allow themselves to get to that place in order to prove how feminine they are. And, you know, I don't think that going into that masculine space is the only way to protect oneself. I think there's actually more power in preservation, not being in those spaces, getting out of those spaces. But, but sometimes you do need to be able to pull that out. And I think that to lose that in a society that hasn't actually changed to allow us the privilege of being feminine 100% of the time is to open oneself up to being a victim. I saw this video because there's all this controversy going around and I, I think I'll make a video myself about it. But essentially the original video was of these two men who were um, really demeaning, degrading this, actually it was one man who was doing it to one woman, at least in the short clip that was going around. And that woman just simply left. I mean, she was a little um, hostile in return to his hostility, but she just eventually left. And um, the woman who she was actually uh, apparently trying to defend had returned to the to that show, and um, I guess to continue whatever discussion they were having. But in the, that second time around then there was a girl on the show who was essentially cursing this woman out and the woman was the black woman was being really soft and really non-combative and there was a part of me now that could be her personality but there was a part of me that wondered if she was doing that in order to prove that she's not masculine because black women, and especially black women who are the have a, a, a who are phenotypically black, so the darker skin, the wider nose, the kinkier hair, all of that, um, and, and I would even go so far as to say fitting a certain aesthetic. So the the ones who have long nails and long weaves and a particular kind of aesthetic have been those who have been degraded the most both inside and outside of the community and been called the most masculine. And there was a part of me that wondered if she was doing that, being extremely non-compatible with someone who was essentially cursing her out 
because she was trying to prove that, no, no, I am feminine, even though I fit this phenotype that you all say is masculine and all this stuff. No, I'm actually feminine. That's really scary. And that is what we can't allow to happen as Black women. And unfortunately, it, it's such a, a horrible dynamic. It, it kind of reminds me, and I guess it's a part of white supremacy where it's kind of hard to fight back against it because you don't want to constantly have to be reacting to it, right? You don't want to have to say, well, I'm not going to do this because white supremacy supremacy wants me to do it because you want to be able to actually make free choices that's not just reactionary to white supremacy, but you also don't want to say, well, I guess I will do it because white supremacy says so, right? Because you don't want to be a part of perpetuating white supremacy or just bowing down to it and doing whatever it says. So it's so impossible to win, so to speak. It's very difficult to, if she was combative in return, it would be a more proof, so to speak, for those black people and non-black people who say that women who look like her, who are phenotypically black and fit a, a certain aesthetic, see here's more proof that they are indeed masculine. Um, if she's non-combative, then she just allows herself to be abused by these people. So I do actually think the best um, plan of action when possible is to leave. But if leaving in whatever situation is not a choice, it is not better. It is not superior. And I would even argue that it's not more feminine to allow ourselves to be abused just so we can prove that we too are feminine because for so many reasons, but society hasn't changed enough for us to allow ourselves to be in that position, right? As this other woman who is not black was cursing out this um, this young black woman, the men said nothing to, to her, or at least they didn't say enough. They didn't stop her. Um, the other women, including black women, did not say enough to stop her. There were some little murmurs like, oh, okay, that's enough. But no one got up and matched that person's energy to defend this woman, including the men. No one said, you know, you don't need to shout like, you know, no one matched her energy, let's say specifically. And so we can't afford to be in those spaces and be abused just to prove that we're not the stereotype that people think we are. It's such a difficult situation. Um, I also want to say that being masculine is not bad. Like as a woman, we want to most women want to veer towards the feminine, right? Because we're women, right? We want to be able to be women and be feminine and enjoy our femininity, both the outward forms of it and the inward forms of it. But being masculine, it's not like it's immoral, right? Um, It's just a way of being. And in some spaces, it can be the most appropriate way of being. Um, uh, So I I think that we can't lose that as black women. 
it's a very curious sort of thing that's happening. So the, the reason why I mentioned this before, that I don't actually even think it's feminine to do so, is because a part of being a woman is to preserve oneself. And a part of preserving oneself is to not be in spaces where abuse is possible or likely and to remove one space, oneself from a space that is abusive. That is a part of, I would say, the feminine principle. It's a part of being a woman. It's a part of womanhood. We as women were born with wombs. We're born with all of our eggs, right? We're born with this precious gift of being able to give life. And we have to, with every fiber of our being, our whole life, one of our most important tasks as women is to protect our womb and to not allow ourselves to carry the child and the legacy of any man who's not deserving. That level of preservation of our bodies should extend to all of ourselves all of ourselves our mental well-being our spiritual well-being and our bodily well-being as well the same way that you would not want to let inside of you and carry the legacy of an undeserving man you also don't need to let an undeserving man's energy inside of you you don't need to carry that with you you don't have to prove anything to him. I think this is another important thing that, that black women should realize. You don't have to prove how feminine you are to anyone. That's the game that we don't want to get into because other people's definition of femininity can be used in a way that is abusive and harmful and in a way solely to demean us. So they kind of, some some people, I, I really do believe, unfortunately, some black men just use this as another weapon. They say, oh, okay, black women are insecure about not being seen as feminine. All right, so we're going to tell them all the things that they have to do, which is really just a means of abusing and demeaning them. Here are all these lists of things you have to do in order to be seen as feminine. And so then women try to do that. I mean, we see the same thing on that guy's show where that's basically the, the nuts and bolts of his show is demeaning black women and telling them how feminine they aren't. And I think, and this is why that young, that young black woman, this is why I see her behavior in this way, because to me, it's looking like a pattern. It's not really just a one-off. There's a pattern of black women saying, no, I will prove to you that I'm not, that I don't have to be combative. I, I'll prove to you that I'm feminine. And we have to recognize that we don't owe that beautiful, feminine, soft energy to anyone but men who deserve it. The men who deserve that are your father, your brother, your husband, your uncles. And that's that's with some exceptions, right? Even some of those men may not be deserving if they don't treat you well, if they don't hold up their end of the deal of being protectors and providers and giving you a safe space, right? Um, so it's really important that we recognize 
not every man is deserving of that. You know, my sister once said on Facebook, I, I posted this thing about female scholars in Islam years ago. And this, I forget what the man said, <laughs> but she said the most brilliant thing in response. And it, it I remembered it forever. <laughs> and she said that there are some Muslim men, and I would extend this to black men and maybe all men probably, who think that every single woman is supposed to act as their wife. <laughs> and that is not the role of, that is not your role to every man. Some men are your sons, some are your brothers, some are your fathers, some are your uncles. Some one man is your husband. Some men are just strangers. The men who are just strangers, you don't owe them anything. And actually in Islam, what's interesting is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us do not soften your voice with non-mahram men. He actually tells us not to soften our voice with non-mahram men. And non-mahram men are men that you could potentially marry so that it's all men who either you're not married to or are not um, in your family. So these men don't, they don't deserve that. Like you can be patient and feminine and soft and submissive and kind and all of that. Give all of that energy to your husband, not to some random man on podcast, not to some random men that you don't have to prove anything to. They can think you're masculine for all you care. Who cares if some random stranger or some random podcaster thinks you're masculine? Because that random man probably also wouldn't protect you if you were in, in danger. They probably also would not stand up. I mean, and they're showing this because these women can be as feminine as they want and they still berate them. They still demean them, they still degrade them. So they're showing you to your face, we actually don't care how feminine you are. And there's actually nothing you can do to prove to me how feminine you are. It's a, it's a rat race that's going to nowhere. And so while femininity, it has so many benefits for ourselves as well as women, and I know I focus on, on black women in this particular episode, it also unfortunately can be used as a weapon against us. And this and this is why um, I do get some of the feminist rhetoric, though it's you know not really applicable to me, to my life, to a lot of people. Um, but there was, at least let's say for white women in particular, right? There was a time where they were upheld to the standard of femininity. You have to be a housewife and you have to be a hero. All the rules of being a wife and do you do this when he comes and you do that and don't say this to him. And yes, gender roles can sometimes be a prison in the wrong person's hands, in the wrong society's hands, in the wrong group, in the wrong group's hands. Femininity and masculinity can, in fact, be used as a prison. I mean, even in in Islam, right? Then it's okay. It's okay to cry as a man. It's okay to cry. Western American society ideas of masculinity, it's not okay to cry. So now Western society feels like it has to, um, you know, make this grand effort to show men, no, it's okay to be feminine and cry. And it's like, oh no, it was never feminine. The, the mistake you made was thinking that that was feminine. It was never feminine to cry. That is a rule that you made up. It was never inherently feminine to cry. Um, now to show more emotions, yes, is that more is that more of a feminine attribute? But to cry when you're sad, the Prophet ﷺ cried when he lost his son, right? Um, so I think it's important, and it 
it, it sucks because there's so much beauty in delving into the feminine and there's so much more that there's so many places the conversation has yet to go but it's already being used as a weapon and so i would just say that we have to be cautious as women who we are trying to prove ourselves to and be very careful to not want the approval of all men in general want the approval of your husband want the approval of your father your brother your your male cousin you know the men in your life who actually care about you not just random men want their approval and their love and their protection and in return give them that softness and kindness and also let femininity be about yourself as well and not just about proving something to men So that's all I wanted to say about what I see as the backlash against femininity. Um, I hope it gave you all something to think about, and we'll talk soon, inshallah. Take care. Maybe if by trying to help other people through their troubles, it might get me through mine.